Good morning, everybody. Here on Iron Radio, this is Phil Stevens, strength coach, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete. I run Strength Guild and semi-professional fisherman. I've been fishing the last two weekends already, so. Oh. Yeah, we're catching them, though. So What'd good. you catch? Shitload of channel cat. Both channel nuts. cat? Yeah. Huh. So I got a bunch of fish in my freezer now. Is that a fancy name for carp, or is that like a real fish? No, it's a real fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a real fish. So. Nice. This is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, and I get bored fishing, unless it's halibut fishing in Alaska. That was pretty cool. But, <laughs> um, associate professor of the Kerrigan Institute, creator of the Flexite Cert, which opens again June 6th, so about a week from when you might hear this, 2020. Go to flexdiet.com. And, yeah, still... Still at home for a little while. I'm going to probably go visit my parents for a while this weekend. There you go. Yeah. Long weekend. Holiday weekend. That's right. This is Coach Durrell. I run Strength Guild Weightlifting out of the KC area. Um, still just kind of in prep phase for nationals. Got nothing else going on this, really this month. Mostly because oh, there's, no, there's not even any local meets in here, like, Nothing going on? No. I usually try to find one to tune up, but I haven't even found one, so. Gotcha. I'll go ahead and give Skyler a, uh, what would you call it, a good luck. My Special Olympics athlete flies out. Last last night was his last training day. Oh, awesome. So he flies out, like, Tuesday or Wednesday to Florida to go compete in the Special Olympics, which is supposed to be, if anybody's interested, they're going to stream it, and it'll be on ESPN. Probably. Oh, not. that's awesome. Yeah, probably ESPN The Ocho or something, but uh, <laughs> one of their channels. So, yeah, it's going to be on ESPN, and so he's going to be doing the powerlifting portion. I think we got another guy locally here doing softball or something like that. But uh, it'll be a good time. See how he does. Yeah. So, Best of luck to him. And then uh, in news, we've got uh, World's Strongest Man's going on. Darrell pointed it out to us. And I guess they got the uh, the final lineup. And everybody's favorite person they like talking shit and saying that they should retire is in it again, Brian Shaw. So <laughs> <laughs> when you consistently make it to the finals and get, like, first through third, you should probably retire. Yeah, oh, so, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, throw the call in. Yeah, so. Um, I don't know. You just listed off. I think it's Martin Lissus, the Stoltzman brothers, Brian Shaw, Oleski Novikov, um, the Moose guy from Canada. I don't have the list of athletes right in front of me, but that's pretty close to them. Um, are all going? But I don't know. Some I didn't get the. Uh, I didn't take the time to look into it, but there were a lot of people bitching about the, because they break you into qualifying groups. And I think it was one of the Stoltzman brothers was in like a super easy group. Everybody, there's always something to bitch about in anything. Hmm. Uh, It comes down to that and it's going to be a two day event. You got Friday and, uh, or Saturday and Sunday. And I don't know what the first event here is. It's called the Knack. K N A A C K Giants Medley hmm. for day one. I'm supposed I could look that up. Uh, let me look here. Events. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's in, it's in Sacramento, right? So I it's think in, yeah, it's the capital, California. So probably got a few sponsors. A few hours before it even happens. Yeah, I guess that is a sponsor because NAC makes those job boxes. But what is the medley? Giants medley. Here we go. Need more. Anvils, anchors, and chains are carried over a fixed distance. The strongman compete five at a time and carry two anvils first before dragging an anchor over the same distance, attaching to a chain, attaching it to a chain, and then dragging it back to the starting point. The anchor and chain are carried to the end of the set distance where they must be attached to each other and then dragged back the same distance. Visually impressive and possible to take your eyes off of. The carry drag event is grueling for even the most accomplished strongman. The each anvil weighs 130 kilos. 130 kilos? That's what it says. Yeah, they gotta carry two at once. Yeah, and the chain anchors are 130 kilos each. Our anvils are 130 kilos each. Anchors and chain is 300 kilos. Jesus. So you're talking three, four, five, 560 kilos at the end. So, yeah, that's fucking heavy. So, <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> uh, boy. Um, it does make me want to watch it, though. I yeah. Agree. Yeah, I mean, can't argue with that. But now nah, I lost my page. Latest information. Come on. <sighs> Losing your touch, Bill. I know. My screen's all locked up. <laughs> Lost my events. Back. Back. Here we go. Um, then scroll back down. Oh, I lost the damn things. Uh, this, be, this is going to be five. This is, if Shaw were to win, this would be five, right? So it's like, a, I think they keep saying yeah. five. So five. Strongman Championships. Is there anybody else who's won five? Uh, what's his name? Had to have been close. Uh, the Polish guy. Pudzanowski? Um, yes. He was. He had. What did he have? I think he had at least four, I know. Don't quote me on that. He might have been even more than that. And then. Well, and then there's the whole drama about. Uh, um. Kaz winning yeah. like three in a row and then they boot him out for a number of years <laughs> before he comes back and wins again and then so like how many would have he won uh, oh, and then well what's his name always won the Arnold Z big Z oh Zivicus yeah he was a won the Arnold a shitload of times here we go the 70s and 80s Oh, there's got to be a list of the champions. I know. That's what I was trying to find, too. Champions by country. Multiple-time champions. Yep. Pujanowski has five. He's the only person five. Oh, five. he did. Okay. Yep. 2002, 2003, 2005, 2007, 2008. Brian, there's four of them right now tied for five. So Vickers, Brian Shaw, John Paul, Sigmarsson, and Magnus for Magnuson. Uh, uh Meyer got three. And then in 80, 81, and 82, and then they booted him for like five years. 
<laughs> what did they boot him out again? I can't even remember. Because he was too dominant, and they wanted somebody okay. else to win. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I can't they remember the reason they gave. Yeah, I mean, you watched that last one, and oh, they were God. doing the sumo wrestling, and people were scared to get in there with him. They wouldn't even compete against him. Yeah. So it was kind of like bad for TV in a way, but it was also good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad they didn't just let him roll with it, but because he was a he was a man amongst men back in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. What was the one Chasmire quote when he was competing in his prime? They asked him like, you know, who do you think could beat you? And he said the Chasmire from the previous year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was something crazy like that. <laughs> The events don't look bad. It seems like it's gotten heavier again. Because for a while there, the world's strongest man got in the in the Puznowski days. Things got well as as more endurance based as strong man gets. Right. Uh, and then the Arnold was always the heavy one, but this one that's so they got that medley that's heavy as shit. Then you got a deadlift, I, whatever a Flintstone barbell is. Um, Flintstone barbell. Flintstone barbell. Like, I can't imagine it's another deadlift, but I will tell you here momentarily. The stones. Finnegal's fingers, farmer's walks, deadlift. It doesn't even say on their events list. But I don't know why there would be. I mean, it sounds like it would be a a deadlift of some sort, but there's a deadlift event right before it. So. Hmm. But then there's bus pole, and then the power stairs, and of course they're ending off with the. Atlas Stone Series, which seems to be kind of how they always end off, and there's usually two guys at the end that one of them has to win that. To yeah, yeah. Which, hey man, that makes good TV. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's two, super fun to watch too. Uh, two people in one event, but uh, so <sighs> Strongman seems to be taking some traction lately. It's building back up. For a little while there, it was dying off. And like we had talked about before on the show, I think a lot of that was because the local events all got, for a while there, they got insanely heavy. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it forced people out of the sport. It scared people away from trying. But uh, now you're seeing it come back in. And I think there was also the the uh, insurgence of females into strength sports really helped. Well, all the strength sports, but I mean, you see a lot of a lot of women competing in strongman. Oh yeah, so which is great. That's what, like damn near all my clients that are into strongman are women. So oh really? Yeah, I mean, I have numerous women that do it more more so than men. I got like two guys and a lot of girls. Hmm. So, uh, I don't know. Not everybody's lazy like me and just likes to squat, bench, and deadlift. Apparently, they <laughs> like doing more things. So. And I did it. I, like I'll tell you, it's it's a fun sport. It's what I started in, and a lot of people don't know that. Like I did strongman before, I did, but my problem with it was it, it's a young man sport for sure, or young persons. Oh. It's it's one of those sports where it's not when it's not if it's when you're going to get injured. It just the odd things you have to do kind of demands that. I've never met somebody that like went even semi high in strongman that didn't have some kind of major injury. Yeah, especially when you're talking about that much fatigue and odd objects. You don't yeah. know 100% what's going to show up. Like, you know, the one I did, they said, oh, it's a stone competition. We get there, they're like, oh, yeah, natural stones. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's completely different than an atlas stone I was yeah, training yeah, on. <laughs> uh, 
Well, yeah, and then the events themselves, like that, like stones, like you're, you pick them up, you have to pick them up in a compromising position. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no. I mean, how many, we talked about this before, but the, how many strongman events have you gone to? And then it's like a completely different thing when you get there at the local Mm -hmm. level. Like, you know, just like that with the stone versus natural stone. Or, like, yeah, we were going to do, I mean, the last one I know is like, we, it was a escalating ladder of sandbags. And you're like, ah, oh, we're just going to lift the heaviest one five times. And it's like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's a different, that's a little different. Yeah. I mean, how many times is it like, or the tire is not exactly what they say it is, or. Yeah. And then there's just like a, you know, like a huge disparity and like, like not consistent in terms of the strength expected at a local meet, you know? And I know it's hard to standardize, like, all right, we're trying to make it entertaining and standardize the performance aspects, but yeah. 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 I mean, I've got that with one of my clients now. He, he did great in his first strong man. He won his, or got, top three in his first one and the second one. So now by definition within that area, he can't compete again in novice, which makes complete sense. But he looked at some of the other, the next step up in terms of some of the starting weights. And it's like, oh, yeah, so the deadlift starts. at I think he said 585, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. (laughs) On one hand, I get it. But on the other hand, it's like if you're trying to get people to kind of elevate through your sport maybe just have it more progressive right so maybe do a deadlift ladder that has like the top load is like super high so obviously whoever makes it through is going to make it but sometimes like we talked about before like just the starting weights are so high it just people are like shit i'm 50 pounds off that i don't want to zero three of the six events i'm out you know yeah (laughs) and that's that's all in the promoters man it's not because you're in a sport that like literally you can do anything as a promoter. Exactly. And if you have a ton of events where a large percentage of your athletes just zero, it sucks for them and it sucks for the crowd. Yeah, it's like bo- kind of boring to watch too. Yeah, all you got to do is make it descending like you just said or make yeah. it a max where you pick your own loads. Right. Or AMRAP some shit that's doable. Yeah. <laughs> You're still going to have the strongest person. Yeah, the strongest person win. is still going to win. Yeah. yeah. But the athletes will have more fun. So. Yeah. But I found the Flintstone barbell, so they're bringing it back from a couple decades ago. Basically, it's rocks on the end of a barbell, and you, like, behind the neck, neck push press it. Oh, shit. So, yeah, and it just, they make it look impressive by using big-ass rocks instead of... Right. Instead of weights. But there's a video of uh, Brian Shaw training for it, and he worked up to... 450 pounds, I think. 445 pounds behind the neck push press. Wow. That's so crazy. But, yeah, it says here they're supposed to have a fridge walk. Yep, fridge walk, which is good. It seems like they're bringing back some of that fun stuff. And yeah, yeah. A bus pole. Yep. And so, I don't know. I'd like to see Shaw win another one, just from all the shit people talk. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he's going to have problems. I mean, those, the Stoltzman boys are both have been coming up 
strong. And uh, you can never count out the people from... If your end name ends in, like, Kov or Ski, <laughs> you've got a good chance of winning. <laughs> so... Oh. Yeah, and I just wonder how often some of that just comes down to if you just had a bad, you know, event, like that can totally, oh. you know, hose you from first to third <clears throat> or even beyond, you know, because a lot of times you look at the final score, it's, to me, it's always crazy how most of the time it's super it's close. super close, yes. Yeah, it usually comes down to like a point separating right. the top two people. Um, which, I mean, that speaks to the the promoters themselves. I mean, they're setting up events that uh, are getting that even. even mm-hmm. They're picking the athletes. I mean, but I guess they don't pick the athletes because they go through multiple heats, but they're doing a good job of not catering to anybody's. Yeah, one strength. Uh, one strength, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, and who knows, maybe Brian will do better, but, I mean, the one thing you've seen dropped off with his age and his size uh, from what I've seen, it's just his his endurance and mobility. Yeah, have dropped as he's gotten older. So yeah. my guess is on day one, with a heavy deadlift and a football thing, he'll probably do okay. I don't know about the medley, but then day two, you get into the bus pole and the power stairs and the freaking Atlas stones, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you, so, that, you see that in every sport. I mean, the first thing that falls off is speed and agility. Yeah. So, so I looked it up. Pujanowski has five. Yes. Five titles, and he took he's taken first in forty two of the fifty nine events he's entered. Holy shit! Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I didn't know this. I would not have guessed this. USA has the most wins. Twelve yeah. gold medals for the United States. Uh. I would have thought it was like Poland or something like that. But Russia has never won. It's the one strength sport that they must not give a <laughs> shit about. Because you got to think there's some Russians that could tear some shit up. But, I would think so. Uh, most times in the top five placings, though, is Brian Shaw. Twelve. Hmm. He also has the most World's Strongest Man finals, 13. So he's only, yeah, see, there's a good, like, people say he's dropping off. Yeah. He's <laughs> placed, he's been in the finals 13 times, and of those 13 times, 12 of them has placed in the top five. Yeah. Including last year. Yeah, how so horrible. It looks like he took 2019 <laughs> off, or didn't, he must not have uh, qualified in 19. That's the only year he's missed since 2009. So, I mean, that alone in itself is crazy. Yeah. I mean, to qualify that many years in a row with the exception of one year. Yes. So, yeah, so basically 14 years straight of being in it and only not qualifying once. So how would you rank that in terms of all-time strength athlete performance? Mm. Like if we're going almost like the Michael Jordan-LeBron debate. So in terms of all-time, in terms of like difficulty of the sport, even like Jordan versus Brady, mm. that kind of thing. How would you rank this in all-time strength sports success? Oh, it's up there. I don't think he's top. Yeah. Um, I think he's top three, probably. I think 
because of Strongman and the way it's set up, you have to also look at the Arnold. So, because it's just as big. So, seeing as Zavikas then has, I think he has the most titles and, yeah, so he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight Arnold Classic titles of first place. And then he's got a bunch of seconds and thirds. I think he edges them out because uh, they've both won just as many um, World Strongest Man so, titles. So he's up there. Obviously, Pujanowski's up there. It looks like he's pretty dominant. Yes. But I don't but, think Pudzinowski ever won the Arnold. Not sure. So, I'm trying to think, did he compete in the Arnold all that much? I don't know. I'm not sure he got qualified. Well, like I said, he was in that different era when it was... He was winning the World's Strongest Man when... Yeah, so he was in the Arnold three times. Oh, okay. And took fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um, He was in that era where... He wasn't the biggest dude. I mean, he's fucking huge, but yeah. <laughs> comparatively, uh, he won the yeah, era. Went to MMA afterwards. So. Yeah, he won the era of world's strongest man that was like faster and more endurance based. Mm-hmm. So then he'd go to the Arnold and he wouldn't do very well. But uh, so just off the top of our heads, who would be on the list? I'll, I'll give you like weightlifting would be like Piros. Really, any of the three-time Olympic gold medalists. So, Piros, mm-hmm. that's, that's now Lou. Zhao Jun's on that list. Um, if you're going back, then you can throw in, uh, like, Alexi. And yeah, definitely. Ter- Alexi and Taranenko. So, that's, like, yeah. the big names from weightlifting. I would obviously assume Ed Cohen yeah. is on the list. For weightlifting, I assume you'd have Tommy Kono in there if you go back in time. Yeah, so if we're going back, Tommy Kono would be on there. But see, Tommy Kono, I think, was, he was just our, our most successful mm-hmm. lifter, and he was really good. But putting him on, like, the, the Mount Rushmore of strength athletes, like. Yeah, gets a lot um, more debatable. Yeah. I think John Paul Sigmarson has to be in there having four titles back in the early 80s or early 90s, well, 80s and 90s. Um, and I don't know about him, and I don't know if the Arnold existed in freaking 84, but I thought it did so. No, he didn't go to it at all. Just lots of other world's strongest man, or Iceland's strongest man, Europe's strongest man, and things like that. But um, Yeah. I don't think Hathor makes it. He wasn't. I mean, he was impressive, but what did he win once? Mm, I, I think, think he won. Oh, maybe I was thinking he finished top two, one or two, a couple times. I think, but, but would you ever say he was like dominant? Like, no, like, oh, I man, think he like was really more famous than he was dominant. Yeah, he was just yeah. he was so big, but like, big. He made it in a movie or yeah. in a show. I mean, so he won it once. And he won the the Arnold Classic three times, so um, I think he's automatically out just for that. But I mean, for fame, yeah, you can say he's one of the most famous. And but arguably, that's like you just said, it's not it's from movies and shit, not mm-hmm. just. So he's like he's the, like the Charles Barkley of 
<laughs> yeah. I actually saw Charles in a commercial the other day. I hardly ever watch like TV with commercials, but he popped up on some commercial. I was like, holy crap, how did he manage that? He's still around. See, and this is, this is interesting. Cause if you looked from the outside, if you were a, a casual observer of Strongman, one would think in recent years that Eddie Hall and Half Thor were like the most dominant. Yeah. But if you look at the numbers, Brian kills him. Like he Oh is yeah. For, for totally, and he five? doesn't get near the love that Eddie Hall and Half Thor get. Like they've each won it once. You know? <laughs> um and haven't been that many times. So it's, it's crazy. But yeah, and if you're talking world's strongest man, if you go back in time, uh, Magnus von Magnuson would be on there too. He's yeah. won it four times from the early nineties. And that that's the hard the hard thing is comparing which is a different era. Exactly. It's, it's hard to compare different eras. Yeah. And that's like with any sport. You look at football and, like, you go back to the quarterbacks from the 70s. It was a totally different game. Yeah. <laughs> the game has changed so much. and Or defensive players. Hell, now, and like, there's so many rules against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, in Lawrence Taylor's day, you could fucking do a rail of coke and just go out and kill people. Yeah. <laughs> no rules, man. <laughs> so... Uh, totally different game, and it's kind of the same in in Strongman. But so you have to relate them to their time, and like how dominant were they over the athletes of their time? Like, and I, I'll say like this: so I would qualify like this with so you have to. It's pretty much like you have to dominate or be like in the mix for a decade. Yeah, like really, honestly. I would say pretty much dominate. Like, if you lost, it was like a surprise, like a huge upset. People are like, oh, man, this dude's winning every time. Because, like, even in the – so, so, like, with weightlifting, Lu Jun took gold at Worlds and the Olympics pretty much, like, 11 years straight. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's dominant. It's not even like – people weren't even, like – like, he's still a master's lifter, still winning gold. So – or, uh, and obviously we're talking about Brian Shaw. So Brian Shaw, that's easily a decade of dominance. Yeah. Decade plus now he's in the, if, if we're comparing it to like a regular sport, this is like Michael Jordan with the Wizards, but he's still winning championships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, still making it to the finals at least. And then, uh, powerlifting. The hard part about powerlifting is that, there's just been so many like leagues, essentially, mm-hmm. like so many different federations yeah. and stuff that have popped up. So probably the thing has kind of shot itself in the foot. Obviously, Ed Cohen's on there, but who else would you even put on the powerlifting list? But Got that's it. like you're like, oh man, who just they showed up, dominated. Ed Cohen's definitely. I think he is a long ways in first. Yeah, I think he's due to the longevity of it. Yeah. yeah, and it's and a lot of that is not just due to what he won, but the the amount of time he did it. Yeah, he and how many weight in, classes? In, yes, weight classes and like he broke the he broke a lot of barriers that stuck for a long time. Like his deadlift record was twenty some years. Yeah, and it's one thing to like usually what you see is like 
a record gets broken and then people realize it's possible and then shortly later other people break it. And his didn't, man. His shit stuck around for a long, long time. And then, like I said, then it's, then you look at the longevity of how long he did it himself. And that's where I say, like, so Eddie's gotta be into it. Um, God. Oh boy. I'm pro- I'm probably the worst on powerlifters. Like I don't. I mean, know. Louis Louis did things, and you got to then bring in his everything else he did for the sport would push him up the list of greats, just from his uh, you know passing things on. Yeah, and just the innovation. I mean, he was doing yeah. stuff nobody else was. Exactly. So I mean, kind of add that in, and then man, you've got all those people like uh. You know, when you squat a thousand for a double in training, like uh, Kirk did, that's pretty fucking amazing. You don't see shit like that today, even. That uh, video, I think, is still one of the greatest. Oh, it is. of all time. Yeah, and then he gets <laughs> in, I just, I just want to hold it for a yeah. while, and, oh, uh, and then he goes and fucking does like shit in the competition. Probably shouldn't have done that double. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, I like like you said, it's harder in powerlifting because, and also because of the gear. Yeah. So you've got three different sports, at, at least essentially three very connected sports, but three different sports with, you know, raw versus classic raw versus single ply versus multiply versus, holy crap, you know, it bounces all over the place. Would you put Donnie Thompson up there if you're going, you know, no? <laughs> Rules per se, like as much ply and everything else you want to use. Well, Don yeah. did raw too. Don had an alright raw total. Like, he oh yeah, all right. like a really good raw total. I remember him talking to us about it at uh when he came up here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Donnie definitely has to be mentioned in the in the conversation, and um, yeah, and then I mean, you go back in time, and then you look. Like we talked about with records, I mean, you go back to like um, John Cook's days, first man to pull eight hundred. Mm-hmm. He did shit that had never been done before. Oh, <laughs> and that stuck around for a while. And then, I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, it's just the truth of the game. It's also, you know, comparing drug use at the time. That was one of the yeah. big like his books was one of the greatest I ever read because he was blatant and like laid out not his not only his training plan, but his drug plan. In his book, like what he took week to week coming up to it. And it was like, he topped out at like 15 milligrams of D-ball a day with nothing (laughs) else. And the guys today, that's like, that's lunch, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's their snack. It's they were doing. It gets kind of overshadowed. People want much more. Oop, I lost you there. He did things. Of course he did. He got popped for it. But uh, yeah. the amounts were totally different than now. And you could probably make the same same argument when you try to compare, like, uh, bodybuilding champions. Mm-hmm. And you take, like, Arnold's day versus freaking today. And, yeah, of course they look different. <laughs> uh, Dorian was Man. the first one to break into the mass monsters. And then, of course, with that came... The amount of drugs rose up. So, yeah, and then you get into, I would say anything probably pre, 
1952-ish. Is, yeah. Yeah, probably not really many drugs because it was almost impossible to get them. You know, some of the orals hadn't even been invented yet, per se. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you know, people like Bob Peoples, who was, what, 175 and deadlifted yeah. over 700. Yeah. You know, so that that's almost its own era, you know, pre-1950 uh-huh. also. Yeah, you look at it in our, our life even. Like when I started, when I first pulled 700, that was really strong. Now oh, 700 yeah. is not shit. You know, 20, <laughs> just 20 years ago, 700 was awesome. And now everybody's doing that. I just feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going I mean, for even one back then, I'd say 700 was rare. And if you were pulling over 800, you were in pretty rare yeah. air, I would say. Yes. And then put that in perspective and what Cone did, pulling over nine at freaking yeah. 220. Crazy. Holy shit. It was otherworldly. Yeah. So, um, and that's, that's where it gets tough picking like the best of the best, but. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think what we we talked about Shaw and I don't know. Let's try and nail down a top five. Maybe. Sh- wow. I mean, you can't ignore Puznowski has to be in the picture just because he's the only person that won five. Oh yeah. So let's put that one there. This won four, and he won like eight Arnolds. Shaw again for his longevity. Uh, John Paulson Morrison, maybe Magnus or Magnuson. But then where's Kazmaier go? Honorable mention for getting fucked. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he got booted out at 82 looking at this, and they let him come back seven years later in 88, where you'd say that's after his prime. You know, basically they killed his prime, and he still took second. Yeah. After seven years out of the sport. And then go down the list of this other shit, you know, winning the IPF world championships multiple times, things like that. And I don't know. He, he's, he's up near the top for me just because I don't remember another athlete that the other competitors were just frightened of. Yeah. And that's oh. what he had. I don't think he had an intimidation factor that I haven't seen in another athlete. How much he dominated the field when he competed, I think yes. was by a much larger margin than the other competitors. Yeah, I wish we had it. It'd be interesting to see, like, the point breakdown. Yeah. If we could show the difference. Well, here it is. Yeah, okay, so, like, in... In... What year is this? 81. He won by... 8 points. Um... And we can compare this to other people's. And, oh, fuck, he won in 80, he won by 26 points. <laughs> um, now, if we go, let's look at, like, one of Shaw's. And I guarantee you they're probably a lot closer. 2016. <laughs> heat one, heat two. Oh, this one's a lot more in-depth. Heat four. Where's the finals? Yeah, two points. Yeah. So, yeah. like you said, That's they good. get real close. And yeah. so he was just, his domination factor was on a different level than other people's. Yeah. I just wondered if my memory was in error because he was the first, you know, competitor I saw do any of that stuff. So the, the first 
thing you see always kind of sticks in your head is it might be more impressive than what it was, but that that actually matches up. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, one could definitely make an argument, even though he won less. I, you have to project that they made him quit for seven years. He still came back and took second. There's a real high chance he does more than five wins if they don't just disallow him from the sport. Oh, yeah. You know, so on intimidation factor alone, he has four wins just because other people were scared of him, which you can't ignore that that messes with a, the other athlete's performance level. With somebody oh, else getting your head. <laughs> well, and he was backing it up, too. It wasn't like he was out there to just run his Talk mouth. Shit. Like, he was doing no. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. It was at a time where... That, that was a fun time of showman. I hate being... Like, we talk about... Back in my day. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and all the kids are like, oh, you guys sucked. But, I mean, that's in the heyday of... Like, it's probably... Viewership wise, it's probably more now, but pure entertainment for me, I like those strongman days better. Cause like we talked about in a previous show, it wasn't just like they were inviting like badass NFL linemen and like people from other sports. There wasn't a, like you weren't a strongman year round back then. They found like the people that were potentially the strongest in a, in varied sports and invited them to compete in this thing to see who's the strongest. And that was fun. You know, <laughs> Cause you get to see all these different sports come together. Okay. Let's see who stacks up and is the strongest. You know, you got the power lifter in Kazmaier. You've got, you know, all these other people that do different things and like, let's see who can do all this shit and wins. That was neat. But, um, and that's like, we've talked about with powerlifting. Like I love, I don't dislike where powerlifting is now in many ways because it's much more popular and there's many more meets. And But at the same time, I also miss the old days when I'd go to a meet and it'd be like a bunch of people from the Hells Angels and <laughs> you, know, you, you hope you didn't die at a meet because it was like, like it was usual to be a, like half the fucking lifters were in prison at one point in their life. <laughs> you know, there was something cool about that. So... And now it's yeah, like I mean, they're lifting, all drinking lattes. And yeah, <laughs> has, uh, just from a fringe activity to like really an outcast activity, probably back in mm-hmm. even seventies, getting into the eighties. Like it, Arnold, I think was probably the big, biggest factor in people going to the gym mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, oh, yeah. CrossFit later on, obviously, but like as far as like normalizing being strong and like yes instead of it being like you were absolutely like if you had extra muscles you're a freak like yes <laughs> yep. so arnold i would say probably made that a thing because even in the like the lane days or whatever mm-hmm. it was like he was f- fighting an uphill battle for fitness like yes very uphill battle yeah and or even if you talk about like women, like women lifting too, obviously that's grown a ton. But now it's like, there's even like glamour elements in all of our, all of the strength sports. Like 
I would say strong man, no, because it's like impossible. Like uh, that, it's impossible <laughs> to add a glamour element to strong man, but like weightlifting and powerlifting for sure. Like, yeah. And I would say this about lifters I've like encountered and experienced too. Like it becomes a part of like getting the attention that you can get is a part of the process where like, or, or what people focus on, like, Oh, I can get some attention for, lifting or lifting on instagram Mm -hmm. whereas like i mean i don't want to say the olden days but essentially back then it's like at competitions was your only outlet yeah and you had like three friends and you all did it in a garage or something yeah or at the y and you know work boots or whatever so yeah it's it's definitely a lot different now because you can get you can rise to fame through lifting unlike yeah. you could before or at least even like a whatever the mini mini popularity is of of Instagram where it's like you kind of you can look pretty you can look the part and kind of lift but still get a ton like a huge following from yes. you know whatever it is so become an influencer yeah <sighs> yeah well yeah and then the accessibility of the sport in itself to train it has yeah. greatly increased compared to back in the day I mean, hell, in our lifetime, I don't know of a powerlifting, weightlifting gym that existed when I was in high school or, you know, you know it, it was just, just some sketchy guy you knew. <laughs> yeah, it was some dude in his basement, and you hoped you were okay. Yeah. <laughs> were and all you had was, like, bad things he did. And obviously, there was, like, the Strength and Health magazine and stuff, but all you had information-wise was that person. Yeah. And, like, unless you traveled, like, unless you were willing to drive somewhere, but you learned one system, and then you just hammered that system, and then, you're, yep. then you were introduced to something else, and you're like, oh, shit, people are doing it different? Yeah. I have no idea. And now so, there's this massive influx of information from every corner. But Yeah. And even just equipment access. And even, I mean, I did a novice one probably back 2014, and... Even at that point, which is not that long ago, like there wasn't a lot of people welding stuff. You you couldn't mm-hmm. really get equipment. I found a local guy who was making his own Atlas stone, so I was able to buy some stuff from him. But he was like the only dude in the state that I could mm-hmm. find. You know, now it's you know pretty common. There's multiple people kind of making their own equipment and farmers bars and everything else. So it's, I mean, shit. Rogue's even making stuff for how many years now for strongman implements. So it's much easier mm-hmm. to obtain than it ever was. <clears throat> yeah, I remember my buddy my electric to the log. It was horrible. I had splinters all over me. But what <laughs> 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 you had to make some shit. You know? Yeah. I want to practice this thing. And that's one thing with strongman is like it's the ability to practice the events can make or break you. Because a lot of them are very like, I remember I picked up my first 300-pound stone, and holy shit, it was hell. But within a week of doing it once, I could, like, rep it. Yeah. Just from the learning curve. Yeah. You know, there is a big learning curve in that stuff. Um, here's an interesting one, like, the, about Strongman. It's the only world-level event in strength sports that there are no weight classes. There is no world strongest little dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, you look at weightlifting, powerlifting, and there's like the 165, 
bats and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like that about strongman, so. I do too, but, and that's like even people bitch about, like, there's been a change recently. It always used to be when I started, there was two weight classes. There was yeah. 231 and under, or under mm-hmm. 231 and 231 and over. It's like simple as that, man. Two weight classes. And you saw people, like, I actually stuck in with, uh, at the time it was Big John Connor, my last strongman competition. I weighed like, that off 231, I was like 234. So I had to go on the heavyweight. And I was competing against dudes that's like 6'5", 440. <laughs> um, but I didn't do horrible because for the fact that I could move. I was like the, mm. a really crappy Putznowski. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was just the farmers and things. I, I had a big deadlift, which helps in strongman greatly more than your squat. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was just faster because I was lighter. And, you know, you start getting 400-plus pounds, you just don't move as quick. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're you're dragging a lot of ass Physics. around with you. Yes. So um, that's interesting about the sport is that never push that up. I guess I'll follow up with just because you mentioned it. Do you think something is lost in or do you guys think something is lost in strength sports that it's not the kind of some of the grit is lost in strength sports? Like some of the. Uh, not necessarily nostalgia, but like, so if you had to earn your learning a lot more today, do you think it, the situation would improve or there's like a, a higher barrier of entry or do you prefer it the way it is now with the money and sponsorships and all that stuff and like kind of the glamour stuff of, of strength sports? I'd have to be the old curmudgeon and say I liked it better before. Like, I dislike the fact that you can be a famous powerlifter and suck. (laughs) You can. Like, today, Mm -hmm. it's all about Instagram views. Like, if you put up good IG fucking content, you can be the most famous powerlifter there is right now. Whereas in, you know, Cone's day, you had to win titles. Like, there are people with as many followers that he has now, and they suck. (laughs) And they have a big name. And people, they, like, people let them coach them. Like, we're in the era of, and it's the same thing with bodybuilding now that social media exists. Some dude will win, like, Shawnee County's bodybuilding title, and he'll be <laughs> coaching a bunch of people um, due to that fact. And there's another thing. I mean, also records have been dumbed down due to that fact. Like, you could be the one-legged fireman raw division champion in Shawnee <laughs> County. Oh, you know, it's like there's a fucking medal for everything. And I think it's neat, but I think it it waters down the sport. Like awards don't mean that much anymore uh, because everybody gets one. So I would lean towards the the days of old as far as that goes, because like you said, you had to physically earn your respect within the sport. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, you and I think would agree on that just because of the way our gyms are right now. They're just not. You come into our gyms, it's like we're not. It's not a retail space. It's not yes. a comfortable situation. You don't yes, have a latte like bar. Yeah, it's not like you come <laughs> in for comfort. And and Mike, you train out of your garage too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So same you work thing. with people. You work with people out of your garage, right? I do sometimes. I'm just 
hyper selective and it's usually yeah. just like a weekend thing. Like people will fly in for a weekend. We'll do a bunch of metabolic testing, do some hands on stuff, you know, look at their lifts, talk to them about nutrition, that kind of thing. So that way I can pick whoever I want to work with. And then the other people are primarily online, but similar thing, right? I don't have air conditioning. I don't even have a friggin' fan. Yeah. You know, it's just, <laughs> Hey, that's what you get. And if you want to, Take a bath yeah. and 41 degree water in the freezer when you're done. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was at the edge of coming into weightlifting when it was like kind of on the precipice of going to like very popular. Like I said, mm. the first nationals I was, part, like, I was at was at the skating rink and it was yeah real, like real different than even the next American open finals that same year which was in like the Dallas convention center and all that stuff or not a convention center, but like a pretty much like a ballroom at a hotel or whatever. So, but just in terms of the training, I think we all agree on that. Like coming to somewhere that's like, I like the no AC, but just like uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It sets like a better tone for people training. Yeah. Yeah. And like once they train with you for a while in that environment, it's like there's a barrier to entry. Like people, new people come in, and you're like, you know, we don't trust it until you're here for a while. Like, yes, or like have this vibe of like, don't bitch about the AC. Let's go. Like, <clears throat> come train, give it a while. Yeah, it's hot, but we're training. So yeah, that I, catch I think is missing. I I agree. Like I catch shit from my lifters all the time because if we have a new person come in. I don't need that. I don't bother to learn their name until they've been there for like two months. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give him some fucking nickname. Like, who's what's his name again? I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter to me yet. He hasn't been here long enough. I got to see if he sticks around because I've you have to even I'm old. Earn your name. Yeah, I only have so much gray matter left to store things. I'm not saving your name till I need to. Until you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you prove it. But uh, yeah, yeah I the think weird I first saw that at the Arnold a couple of years ago. This is probably even before COVID. That. You know, I was walking around at the expo, and I went in there, made the mistake of going in there on a Saturday, which was horrible. But mm -hmm. it was so weird to me to see lines for people that I literally had no idea who they were. Yeah. And it was people who were, you know, very famous on Instagram. And, yep. you know, they were at somewhat of a high level, but yet they weren't at the highest level. Like, shit, yeah. even the the line to see Ronnie Coleman was pretty short. Yes, I walked up comparatively. to Dan Efferding at his booth. Like, no one was even in line. Like, hey, man, yep. how's it going? You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and that's it nuts. It was just so weird. Yeah, the celebrity status of him. And another interesting thing was, like, powerlifting and uh, I think weightlifting even. I mean, and Strongman was, even though it's arguably a much more popular sport now, and at your fingertips you can see more things, at the same time, it's not as worldly popular for the fact that, like, in back in 85 and stuff, you would see, like, the IPF finals on CBS. Yeah. yeah. You don't see that shit anymore. No. Yeah, you know, they used to televise it, and it was actually done well. They had color commentators that would, like, tell stories in between. Like, nowadays, when you see a stream, they're pretty horrible and boring. Mm -hmm. Like I would not, I I will not watch a powerlifting stream because it just sucks. Um, they did a good job back then. They had stories behind them, and like it, it could be done well now, but they just don't do it. But 
Yeah, I think there is some to that too, but I mean, I'll leave that for maybe next week or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I just always curious about that with like the more comfortable place a, a gym gets. It's like the more you lose every single time. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw it with CrossFit stuff the most. Oh yeah. Like where they start getting pretty big and they're like, Oh, we were moving to a newer, more comfortable building. Mm-hmm. And there's something lost in that transition. Like yeah. same coaches, same core athletes at least. But then you go to it, the vibe is different, the attitude is different. Yeah. And I think you see that with a lot of guys. I think CrossFit's kind of going through early powerlifting phase where it's like happening like the people who are really competing in it like have to go train on their own in like some log cabin or something basically. <laughs> yeah. Versus kind of the the gym itself is not conducive of higher performance. But it has something to do with the vibe and the environment. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I, that's my Oh yeah, I mean un, untestable theory. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I can even see that in like I'm in a old ass warehouse now. That's very, I don't know, you'd call it like hardcore rocky-esque, but the the difference in people that will show up and try it now compared to when it was in my garage is different because it's in a space mm-hmm. and not just, hey, I'm going to some big hairy dude's fucking garage and we're going to say, that turned a lot of people off right there. Yeah. But I'm glad I went that way. And that was on Windler's, like, because I was, when I was searching the first open, I was looking at spaces and we were looking at like spaces that had a lot of traffic and a storefront and things like that. And then talking to him, he's like, no, dude, he said, just open your garage. He said, the people you want will come to you. And it worked. And now we're in a warehouse that like nobody in town even knows exists. But even that step to having a space seemed to open the door to a lot more people that I've had to boot out because they didn't fit, you know, because we still try and keep that vibe. And then as a gym owner, it's that tough spot of uh, it's a balancing act between staying open and paying bills and not sacrificing the quality of the environment. Yeah. If that makes sense. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I, when I ordered all my gear from elite FTS shit, probably 13 years ago now for my garage, after I got the gym, I was training people at filed for bankruptcy and didn't tell me. So that was fun. <laughs> so I had like a couple of weeks of following all my clients around at their new gym, trying to pretend I wasn't their trainer. That was a miserable existence. Oh, yeah. So I called the FDS, talked to Wendler for like two hours, you know, and ordered a rack, ordered a bar, a bunch of stuff. And that was my first thought too. I was like, who the hell is going to want to come train at a garage in the middle of nowhere where nobody knows what they're doing. Yep. And even with general pop clients that I had a fair amount at that time, I was surprised they were like, this is great because yeah. you forget that, a lot of people, it's intimidating to walk into a big kind of commercial, semi-fancy gym. Yeah. Where, like, they, no one even knows that they were there. Like, no one's going to see them. No one knows if their first rep of their squat looks horrible. Right. So I think there was some aspect to the privacy. And then also what you guys said, you it automatically weeds out people who were, like, kind of interested. Yes. Right? Which is great. Yes, it does. Yeah. I love that. But... So, all right. Well, that was a good show. Any predictions on who's going to win? World's Strongest Man? 
Ooh. I'm going to call it a prediction, but I'm going to go for Shaw. I want to see five for Shaw. So do yeah, I. yeah, that's my prediction, too. Yeah, I don't I know. Think I think so. he'll get close. I think he wants it bad after not getting it last year and taking second, I think. And I think if he gets it, he'll retire. That was my next thought, too. Yep. I think do you think he want to leave on a tie, or do you think he would give it one more go? I think if he, he, if he loses, he'll go again. Yeah, but do you think wins, if he wins, he'll go again, or he'll be no? He'll I think retire? I'll just I think he'll retire. I yeah. think he he seems like he's ready to retire and just start running competitions. Yeah, which would be a smart one. But so, all right, guys, that uh, was a good show. Yeah, I uh, will talk to y'all next week. See you later. <laughs>